Welcome to Uplifting Humans, where we honor, empower, educate, and inspire the listener. I'm Solyndron Buller, your host. Joining us today is Rain Forbes, whose first passion being restorative justice and victim offender mediation in the downtown east side at the criminal courthouse and community court, at which time she also became a mother. She then continued serving as a family justice counselor for over nine years and has since left work in this field to explore life and share her specific insights to the world, which includes the story of her awakening. Welcome, Rain. Thank you, Sal. It's nice to be here. Thank you. I'm so excited uh, to have this conversation because uh, uh, anyone that's listening is going to be so empowered by what you're going to share today. So that being said, um, can you share with the audience a bit about yourself and what you've done on the physical plane here? Okay. So by physical plane, are you simply meaning sort of what does my life look like to this point? That's right. Okay. Um, well, I think you mentioned some of my, some of my professional endeavors and the things that inspired me uh, in terms of, uh, of that regard. Um, what have I done on the physical plane here? I, you know, I've, I've done, I've been a wife, check. <laughs> yes, yes. I chill, check. Um, yes. Done a lot of traveling. Um, really, I think the first part of my life was, was uh, about a lot of ease and really enjoying um, life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that doesn't mean that life was perfect. I certainly had uh, things that I had to navigate. But uh, for whatever reason, I was able to do that with um, uh, a certain level of ease. Um, but I, I say that now. I didn't recognize at the time that I was working from a place of, of, of that, that specific ease, although other people would comment on it. Um, but that uh, led to all sorts of lovely adventures and travels, like I said, or living in Whistler, BC, and really becoming involved in skiing and snowboarding there. Um, um, uh, wonderful groups of people. Uh, I'd say within my community, I was always a gatherer of people. I would always bring people together. Mm-hmm. Great community, and that was really something that I was quite passionate about. Um, again, in a really easeful, it was natural. It was not something I sort of endeavored to do, it just sort of happened. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, two lovely kids who are now in their teens and still wonderful. Um, <laughs> I, I keep here, I keep waiting for the other shoe to drop on that, but still good. Isn't that lovely? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, work. You mentioned my work. Uh, most recently, um, I was a family justice counselor. What that means basically is a mediator. I was a family mediator for people going through separation and divorce, um, and I very recently left that job. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Thank right? You. Yes. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was, it served a wonderful purpose for a long time, but it was my time uh, to step out. Mm-hmm. Now I know that you've done modeling. I know that you've gone to Australia. I know that you've lived in Whistler. You've had the life, as a lot of people would say, the dream life that any individual would want. And then you became a mother and from that point in 2012, something happened, Rain. What happened in your life? Yes, my goodness. Um, so I want to preface this by saying that 
Prior to 2012, when I had this big awakening and, and recognizing now that that was uh, the year that a lot of people had their big awakenings, um, I was not aware. I was not a seeker. I was not on a path. Mm. I was not um, looking for anything. In fact, my life, for the most part, was quite uh, content. Um, but for the duration leading up to 2012, I kept having this sense a very visceral sense that was something I was supposed to be doing and I wasn't doing it. Hmm. And it just kept nagging at me. Um, and I mean, this gets into, you know, the story gets quite personal because it involves uh, my family um, and a relationship and an affair that I had. Hmm. Uh, but certainly I'll speak to it because I think this is part and parcel of a lot of people's journey yeah. is uh, end up living an inverse version of yourself almost. Um, so in my scenario, um, yeah, this feeling that something I was supposed to be doing, I wasn't doing it. And I sort of sat, there was some, some serendipity happened. So a woman that I knew a long time ago connected with me, we had this little exchange and she said, well, why don't you sit down and uh, do a little meditation? So, you know, meditation was not, I, I've traveled, I dipped my toe in and all sorts of things, but it's not something I did regularly, but I thought, mm -hmm. let's do in doing so, um, I sat down and I, and I said to myself, I want to welcome change into my world. And mm -hmm. I want support to be able to navigate that change, whatever that happens to look like. And um, I'll tell you, Sal, quite instantly, in that first meditation session, I started to feel movement in my body. Nice. And um, it was a bit odd for me, <laughs> quite honestly. Yes, uh, yes. I, I was, had a little dialogue in my head saying, your body's moving, you're not the one moving it. This is weird. This is very weird. Mm. Um, and that progressed quite rapidly. So the, the, the body was moving. Um, I was able to now have some guidance, um, energies that I could feel, hear, see. Um, you know, initially these guides were sort of very, I don't know, I guess temporal, if you will, sort of of this, of this realm, mm -hmm. and, uh, but were lovely and sort of encouraged me to sort of keep going with what I was doing. Um, I went through a phase where I was uh, surrounded by entities and, and there was some notion that maybe something to be uh, concerned about. Mm. Oh, there they go. See the entities. <laughs> I'm messing with them. Um, and at that time, I think one of my strengths and weaknesses, but also my, my ignorance was really working for me, is that I, I've never been a very fearful person, okay? I've never really operated from that paradigm. Right. So when I was uh, faced with these sort of entities, I recognized very quickly that I simply had to not fear. That's right. And I was done with that phase, right? Nice, nice. Um, now, things progressed very wildly. And I'd be curious, you know, if your audience out there <laughs> has, a, has, has any sort of can, can match this in terms of what I went through. Because I certainly uh, sought out or was serendipitously introduced to a lot of communities mm -hmm. uh, that I had to sort of keep moving on from because 
I kept going at a place where they found community and, and, and comfort and knowing I had to keep going. Mm-hmm. That awakening experience involved all sorts of things. Um, I mean, astral travel was sort of the beginning of that, going through all my own karmic stuff that very quickly I surrendered into and, and dealt with. Um, Are you, you know, able to share? Are you able to share? Now, some of the audience will not know, A, I know you mentioned entities. And so what happens is that some of the audience is going to sit there and say, what, you're talking aliens here? So if you can clarify in your words what you think that you're referring to, and then B, um, astral projection, because there's going to be some people that come from a belief system as in a religion. And so they're not quite open to just understanding that realm. Mm-hmm. So if you could just clarify, um, A, what entity is, and, and then the astral projection. Okay. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to circle back a little bit, because you brought up a good point there, that a lot of people with certain backgrounds or lack of backgrounds in this don't really know. I want to emphasize that that was my starting point. I did not know. <laughs> and so it was all coming to me in the moment. I had no reference points for any of these things. Um, so by entities, I meant I became aware, I guess my senses were quite opened, right? I mean, I was busted wide open and I became aware of energies that was always trying to sort of intercept my field, if you will. And they sort of wouldn't go away. They were sort of there, um, trying to communicate in some way, in some way that I didn't quite understand. Uh, you know, I, I recognize that that first sort of level was sort of sent up as a, almost like initiation. What does she do with this? And I, I passed it easily, meaning I didn't fear, I didn't, I just kind of went, ah, I get what this is. I don't fear you, I'm done. And, and you, you, you didn't, sorry, Rain, and you didn't have a religion of any sort that you were following, correct? No. At this point, yeah. So you were a free-spirited individual who was going on with life as per usual, and all of a sudden, things started happening. And yeah. in the happening, it was a... It was a knowing, a sensing, a feeling of something beyond your control or understanding. Yeah, and I'll and I'll uh, I've got to point out here that this was, and I recognize this now, quite intentionally non-discreet. Meaning, this wasn't just something that was happening in my mind or something that I could sense. Literally, my body was being moved all over the place. I mean, at the time, my children were, I think, six and eight. I was married. And, um, you know, my poor husband, who was very understanding um, uh, in those early days, in those early times, was watching me being spun like a Sufi mystic inside my living room. Or being like literally bent into yoga shapes that that I wasn't familiar with, right? This was such um, a physical manifestation of the energies. There was very little separation from my physicality from the energies that were, were coming through. Um, so let me just sort of, so I'm gonna go through, it was so much information. I'm gonna go through it kind of quickly, but basically I went through all the constructs. So meaning that intersection of source with matter, like intersection of source with human being creates a construct understanding about how the world works, right? right. From that construct, you develop things like religions. You develop things like sacred texts. You develop things like um, uh, you know, yoga and sacred movements and all that kind of stuff. The, the geometry, 
um, of, of source and how that works, the understandings. So all of those things are constructs that I was moved through very quickly, including all the intellects. So all the, all the masters, all the angelics, all the sacred texts, um, all of that stuff was basically lit up in my DNA, okay? And I was taken on these trips. Now, fortunately, the guidance that I had that kept evolving, okay, that guidance kept evolving to the point where um, I was guided by an unbelievably beautiful energy with a wonderful sense of humor who would step out when I had to go through these travels and then step back in. And I'd be like, whoa. <laughs> and that sense of humor, I swear, is, is, is you know, really kept me going because um, the places and the spaces and the travels I were on were pretty freaking intense, I gotta say. Mm. Hence for those around me. Um, you know, I'm, I'll share with you one of the most intense experiences, and um, and I do this for the viewers. Okay, I I do this because I think there was times when I, within my family, I didn't want to speak of this too much because I in the in the, in this process became incredibly empathic. So you you feel your own feelings, you feel the other person's feelings, and if they don't have a the right context or understanding, or if they can't go with you on this journey you're kind of locked in this world of, I don't know how to assist you. And I'm doubling down on that feeling. I'm feeling it too. Right. Yes. yes. You've got concern for me. Now I have concern for you having concern for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. This is a bit of a Chinese finger lock kind of thing. Yeah. Quite comfortable. So, um, one of the, so I'll, I'll by saying that I was guided to look. Oh, so Kundalini was one of the awakenings. Um, uh, all the body senses. Um, I'm trying to think of all the awakenings you can have. Just if, there, if there's a checklist, I had them all. <laughs> um, but all the way along, I was guided, for example, when the Kundalini energy was awoken. And again, this is not something I knew about. My dear husband at the time was like Googling what this was and he emailed me at work one day and I said, he said, I think they're Kriya. So I was like, what's a Kriya? So I had to look it up. Um, uh, and uh, this all progressed. So I'll get to the point where I had a very intense uh, birth experience. Mm. Now, just prior to that, I had been at my workplace and I felt this unbelievable, massive energy of a, of a, of a, a master to come into my world. Yes. And um, I didn't know who this person was, hadn't met him but knew that he was connected to a friend of mine and his energy was somehow drawn to me. And so through this friend of mine, I arranged, arranged to meet him. So this is just setting up the story. And this happened afterwards. So in the interim, I had uh, this incredible birth experience. So I have been until this time waking up at various times, you know, all the, all the numbers, you know, the 333, the 11, all the stuff, all the angelics, all the stuff. Yeah. Oh, I went through the shamanistic, all the shamanistic stuff. I went through all the chakras. I mean, I was sitting out on my tree with the chakras, like, yes, just yes. energy shooting up into the air. And all of this, I kept being told was just remembrance. Meaning, I was told, Rain, you've been here before. This yes. is just for you to remember, right? Mm -hmm. So it was like move through, move through, move through, move through, keep moving through. 
And this was an internal dialogue that you're having that rain. This is somewhere you've been. This is something you've done. And right. was this with the master or was it, this? Well, I'm being communicated with by source to right. the various. Um, so source will appear to you at whatever level you're at as yes. whatever master is he's intersected with at that time. Right. Whatever intersection has been at that time. Um, so yeah, this, but the, there was continuity in that voice and that guidance. Yeah. So one evening I'm, I'm woken up at some ungodly hour and I'm uh, down in the kitchen and I'm in my dressing gown and I'm asked um, to just please stand, stand. And I'm standing by my sort of my fridge area. So, oh, actually it's like a brick wall. Like you're at right there. Right. Back against the brick wall. And I had this thing where shh, like all, my hearing went shh, just static. Mm -hmm. And then my sight went just static. And I was getting very, very weak. And I was being told, just keep standing up, stand up, stand up, stand up. And then all the codes, it looks like computer codes in gold were like coming into me. And Sal, you're nodding like you know, like this is familiar to me. This was not familiar to me. I had no idea. <laughs> No idea, other than I've been on this road for a number of months already and was used to really weird things happening. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Including uh, all the serendipity around people gathering around me, right? So this was not a solo journey. Mm -hmm. I was given people who were actually observing the same miracles, seeing the same auras, seeing the same stuff as I was as well. Mm. And corroborating. Okay, so I'm having, I'm, having this intense experience i'm getting really hot and very weak there's just gravity there's just so much gravity and mm. i can't stand up anymore and i sink down to the floor and i think okay okay i think that that's over and then i start to get this um discomfort in my uterus like i'm getting like a period cramp yes but, well that's odd okay i don't have my period and i went into labor so, wow. kitchen floor um, at four something in the morning. Mm. I, and I had on each side of me two angels. Nice. I had an angel on each side, mm. uh, both males, who were guiding me through this process and um, ensuring that I was doing okay. Um, and I was not okay. This was incredibly intense. This was very painful. I had the cognition to sort of, you know, say, okay, my children are just over there. My husband's up there. And I'm at the point where I'm screaming. Wow. Okay. <laughs> With yeah. this. And I'm saying, okay, we'll protect my family from this scene. Okay. Yes. Um, and then my sort of husband comes down in a bit of a trance. And I say to him, I'm lying on the floor. I said to him, can you put your hand here? Can you put your hand here? Which he did. Um, and then he carried on to the bathroom and sort of went upstairs. <laughs> like it was, you know, that sort of whole notion of having protected from this scene was being honored. Okay. Nice. Um, but what happened that day was I birthed my soul. Hmm. And my understanding of that was that it went out into the universe. Mm. Um, it actually enveloped itself around the earth. Nice. 
Um, and I was shown that my resonance, sort of that, that thing that is me, is now joining others in that resonance that, that is around me. Um, I, I then had my, my abdomen filled with a golden light. Hmm. And I feel all this golden light coming into my body. Um, and the next phase was me kind of feeling very cold and, and huddling in my living room and, and, until my little six-year-old boy, Ty, came out um, to see, just because he woke up. And of course, from that point, your mom. Yes, right? yes, of course. Uh, and I think that's one of the important things about this phase and this time right now, and it's certainly a theme in those, those, those early years, is that this is not about retreating to mountaintops. These awakenings that are happening right now are happening in life. Your mom, your dad, your worker, your postman, whatever, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. it's, the embodiment is happening in life. That's right. um, it's not something that you attain to, um, or certainly you can, but one of the paths is recognizing that We've already attained. We've had past lives and now it's time, right? So having that experience, I think we then went out to like the East Side Culture Call or something. <laughs> For those of you who aren't uh, in Vancouver, that's a thing we do in Vancouver. Yes. Uh, seeing art uh, um, from various artisans. I think we went to the swimming pool. Like it was really just sort of get back into like every life be a mom, do these things right now. Um, if I may interject, um, when your six-year-old came down, um, did he question? Did he, did he seem as though he understood? Did he even know that this had taken place? And secondly, what about your husband? When he did come around, when he did join you uh, at some point in the day, was this ever brought up? Yeah, see, there was phase two of this thing. So I'll, I'll, I'll speak to that. When my son woke up, no. I mean, he saw me. I, I moved to the sofa, put the little electric fireplace on, or gas fireplace on, and he cuddled up with me. Um, and this, this is quite personal. I'll, 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 I'll share it. But he asked to see my wedding ring. Oh, wow. And I took it off. Right. And in handing it to him, I felt such a sense of relief. <laughs> and I want to qualify that in case my lovely ex-husband watches this at some point. <laughs> um, to say that, um, uh, well, I'm sure that he would understand. But it was just, it was time. It was time to uh, recognize that our relationship had done what it needed to do. We brought these two amazing children into the world. And we were holding a space between us that was so... Um, sustainable yeah. and one uh, that um, yeah so I'll, <laughs> eventually we did separate um, yes. amicably yes. But, yeah good. so that happened I, I mentioned that big energy that I'd sensed come into my field I did uh, meet with him he's a, a Muslim imam mm. from Africa mm. uh, lives in Vancouver who was basically sort of called to Vancouver to do his work here um, 
a very enlightened individual who's very multidisciplinary as well and has his own takings on the Quran that he uh, that he dives into and is very with 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 much sort of passion and insight and, and a lineage to hold him. Mm. Anyway, I see him for the first time and we sat in his little sort of closet office and he's very sort of you know quiet and 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 um mm. and uh i explained to him what he what happened to me and he he nodded his head and he said mm -hmm. it's a little death mm -hmm. i know of these things it's like okay okay can you tell me about this and he'd also said you know when i walked in he said i've i've been waiting for you mm. um i've been waiting for you and uh, we were able to talk about all these things, which was such, uh, so refreshing for me because I was intersecting with angels. I had no reference point for angels, mm -hmm. really. And I was like, wings, really? <laughs> now, were so, you seeing this or were you sensing it? Oh, okay. So let's, let, I'll, I'll clarify that everything opened up. So my vision, I was seeing, hearing, feeling, sensing. And because words are so, words are so ineffective, um, I would describe that a lot of my knowing would come in like these complete packets where you just like everything is included in that, including not words, right? Where you just know. And you're, it's a cellular thing. Everything in your body just knows, right? Yes. Um, but yes, it was auditory. It was visual. I could hear, I, I could hear the, the angels talking to me. I could hear um, uh, other aspects. Uh, and I could see them very well. <laughs> like, like holographic sort of images, right? Yes. Uh, and or it was very well. It was just sort of a sense of a big energy. And I could feel that in my room. Mm. Um, or anywhere. So, so very, I was very grateful to be introduced to this individual because he was able to validate this experience yes. and help me know that, that I, you know, I had this deep knowing that I was okay, but that's a difficult thing to navigate when your family has no point for this either. That's right. right. That's right. A very yeah. difficult and lonely place. Very lonely, incredibly lonely. Yes. Um, because you can, you know, I was able to recognize, like I can see I was still right here, but I could see the concern. I could see from an outside perspective that this looks crazy. Yeah. And yet I couldn't comfort them because I was in the midst of this thing. Of course. Uh, and that was another challenging piece for me. Uh, I had sort of had the impression just for intersecting with different people, whether it was a Kundalini yoga person or whether it was another uh, human guide or, or a human worker or whatever, um, that you should be able to control these experiences. Mm. That you should be able to exercise some boundaries and assert you know, when you wanted to sleep and when you wanted to be awake. Um, when you, um, when <laughs> your body, my physical body, um, there, I was not able to not do the things. Um, just funny side story. I went to a yoga class and I tried, I just, I was just like, I'm just going to do what the yoga instructor says. 
just going to follow instructions and do my darndest. I couldn't. My body was doing its own yoga. And at one point she came up to me and she said, you know, if you've got your own practice, you know, you may want to just do that, you know, somewhere else. Of course, it's both <laughs> instead of Instead of, you know, in the middle of my yoga class. And I had tried to stay at the back and tried to stay discreet and stuff. Right? Yeah. And, and she, and I said to her, but listen, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. She said, you don't know what you're doing. I said, no. She said, you're doing Kundalini yoga. Mm. But I don't know what Kundalini yoga is. Yeah. At which point, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I had enough insight to direct me to, you know, a woman who I could talk to uh, on this sort of windy path. Um, but I'll finish up around the birth experience. So that birth experience happened. Um, I was filled up with this golden light. But really, I was not my old self from that point on. I'm, I'm a conduit, right? And um, there's all sorts of amazing stuff that comes with that. And there's all sorts of challenges as well. And responsibility, right? And huge amounts of responsibility, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, so then I was told by the man that I was going to have a second birth experience the next night. Oh, wow. <laughs> you can imagine. Really? Oh, I'll prepare. Great. <laughs> uh, but he encouraged me this time. He said, you know, make yourself a hot bath, put some salts in it, put some candles on. And um, it was a much, it was still an intense experience. It was a much nicer experience only. I think it was a day later. Um, mm -hmm. Honestly, at this point in time, I still don't have the context for that's what that second one was about. I'm just going mm -hmm. Mm. So, I mean, that sort of sets the stage. Uh, like I said, challenging for the family. Um, there is a bit of a family history around this sort of thing. Um, my mother's grandmother mm. uh, was an awakened individual who spoke with the disciples, who drew them, who, who spoke of the rays, um, mm. you know, the colors of the rays and the vibration. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at the time that she was going through this, obviously I was not in the scene. I wasn't near born um but her family uh tolerated while until it pushed them to the point of their discomfort yes. at which point uh, they decided to get her exercised oh lovely oh my goodness so so you can that within our family lineage there is fear right yes yes of course this happened for me it brought up fear and um in my way, I was very aware of my great grandmother's sense of sadness mm. and and anger and hurt for not being seen uh, from within her family. Mm -hmm. and I knew, you know, intuitively, if you want to use that word, that it didn't change for her. She simply got quiet about it mm. for the rest of her, you know, life. Right. Yes. Um, so, you know, there's a, yeah, a little bit of a, a, a link there that it was sort of like my turn to be the, be that thing next yeah. um, in terms of the family lineage stuff. But very quickly, I came to know that this wasn't about me specifically. Mm -hmm. uh, I, from what I understand, from what I told, I came into the world ready to go. And I was told that 
that natural sort of ease that I had. Um, and just an example of that, I had never, I, you know, I could get nervous or excited or all that kind of stuff, but anxiety was a sort of a foreign thing to me. I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Overwhelm was a foreign thing. I didn't quite understand that, even though I could speak with people about it. I could I'd chat with my family members, my husband about that thing and, and, and try to alleviate that if I could by talking or understanding it, but it's not something that I really experienced. I understand it now. <laughs> of course. Wow. Um, so wait, where was I going with that? Right. So I, what I was told was the place where I was asked to wake up was in the center of my being. Mm-hmm. I was centered. I was, I was here, whatever that means to people. I was here. Mm-hmm. And I could handle the amount of energy coming through my being because of that. If I was slightly off center, it would have been too much for me. It would have been um, an end in some way, right? It would have been just too much. I would have been able to maintain physically, psychologically, whatever. Um, And a fine line. There's a real fine line. Uh, it's almost like your grandmother who would have, you know, your grandmother, uh, I'm just thinking is probably what, from the late 1800s? Yeah, I'm trying to think my great grandmother. So yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. And so think about that time frame and how you would not, it would not be in your best interest to share any of this because obviously yes you're possessed and there's going to be um this huge uh, population base which is totally into religion and of course you know the evil has now penetrated our family our home and how do we get rid of this so very quickly um you decide that there are some things that you just keep to yourself now, going back, Rain, um, explaining what your body was doing and, you know, whether it was gyrating, moving, going into different yoga postures, um, for the audience, just to clarify that, you do not breathe. You are breathed. You are breathed. Okay? So if you hold your breath, see how long you're going to hold your breath. You don't consciously think about breathing it happens, you're breathed. And so what you were experiencing was beyond just being breathed. You were actually shown the way of who you truly are, which is a huge, um, incredible journey. And thank you so much for um, taking on this vulnerability by sharing some of this information, because I know there are people like myself and many others that don't have the um, um, the courage or the language, because as you said, language is very limiting. Um, the true um, source of who you are is beyond your language. It's your vibration. It's in the tones. Because let's face it, the 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 universe is 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 sound, and so sound and vibration doesn't matter what you say it's the rest of it that that you have to really look to look to so that that being said 
Now, can you go into dimensional traveling, archangels, Akashic records, DNA? There's mm-hmm. lots of people out there that need to know all of that. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to leave that to others. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Here's why. And this is kind of the crux of, of my journey. And, um, and one of the real challenges of it is that, you know, I mentioned to you those, all those constructs, the of the Akashic records, uh, all the all the texts, all the religious texts, what those are is you, know, you are very articulately said. Thank you for acknowledging. Yes, you are breathed. Yes, I am moved. I am breathed. I am whatever this thing is that is bigger than me. Right? Um, so I was actually asked not to hang out with any of those modalities or constructs like I said this for me was a remembrance and it was a move through yes and the work was to be on the collective scale and because the collective was moving into the unknown I was intentionally steered away from everything that was known right 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 because you're becoming the collective the collective conscious the conscious collective right yeah yeah I get it you think, okay, I'm glad you do. Basically, this body turned into a litmus test. Yes, yes. Um, and I want, you know, all along here, I'm going to say, if that sounds glamorous, it's not. <laughs> it's really not. This world is going through a lot of change right now. And my body feels that intensely um, all the time from the collective uh, field. Um so what happened was while you know i have a tremendous amount of regard and respect for all of the modalities that have come to be all of the intersections all of the intersections of spirit of source and humanity that have brought to light in form you know in books and writing all of the wisdom thus far is incredible it's part of our evolutionary passage right Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's also based on a specific construct, which is uh, heavily rooted in that masculine God energy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that masculine God energy really uh, adheres to hierarchies, structures, um, the constructs that bring things to light. Um, and with good reason, we needed to grow our, our, ourselves we need to grow ourselves and be beings that could eventually hold all of this information and this knowledge um the structure of the dna is an incredible vehicle for sharing information across time through generations um and we're all imbued with that in our body we are living libraries a testament to all that's come before us so my body is in honor of that At the same time, if we're going to be something beyond what we are now, we can't keep looking back at the old library and referencing history. So my experience was constantly about having no concept, (laughs) not being able to rely on my own cognition, my own thoughts about my current world or anything. Um, I was led through, and I, I don't know, not really sure how to describe this, but energetic potentials, if you will. I was led through all the potentials 
um, of where we were currently at and seeded basically those places. Um, I learned that source works in 360 degrees, all potentials. So I started to understand how the world was going to look a little crazy. And we're kind of here. The world is looking a little crazy. Yes. Meaning that all potentials, as all these energies infiltrate the world, this energy of source embodiment. I mean, we are all an embodiment process right now. And so based on our genetic framework, our geometry, are expressing that um, intensely. And that may look good or it may not look good. Um, but it's all for good reason, because from that full expression, I understood that source doesn't negate anything before it's had its full expression. Right. So my sense is that now we're in full expression mode. Everything yeah. is full expression. Yes. Only once that has happened, may source then decide what is representative and sustainable and good for the future. Right, right. Yeah, that's a, you know, that's a, a huge, incredible way of summing everything up because you have many different masters that are here on the planet at this time there mm, are absolutely. there are so many incredible children that are sitting at different um you know in different areas of the planet that are actually um, here to help here to assist and you know um and you having to go through what you had gone through you're going through it not just for yourself you're going through it for everyone and so what is coming forward and how fast it's coming and because the universe is forever expanding and 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 moving and everything like you said is possible of course look at our political arena look at our you know different areas depending on you know what your focus is you see everything the whole spectrum is out there now i know that if anyone's going to be able to kind of put it into words, and I know words are very limited, but you're passionate about sharing and speaking on the present version of yourself and a version that you left behind that needs to be valued moving forward. Can you share your insights on that with mm -hmm. us? So I think where that's going to take me is, is I, that's more in reference to the collective humanity. Okay. Um, we have attained to, where's my texts? <laughs> we have, um, a part of our evolutionary process is to um, ascend over time, right? Yes. Part of our evolutionary process is to attain to be better than we were. Yes. Um, and so we've had great masters in history. And you're right, they're all here now. <laughs> we're all here now. Um, we've had great masters in history who have held the vibration of, of, you know, when it's, when it culminates into something, they hold that vibration, that vibrations become something that's available then to the populace as a, as a resonance that, that uh, people can, can feel if they sit in meditation, etc. And it's now becoming more and more available, just like freaking Wi-Fi. 
Um, For a lot of people who are sensitive anyway. Yes. So on the collective sense, what happens is uh, we're evolving, but we also still have our back end. So we never really left the back end. It's still there. And when you think of the universe and its fractal sort of uh, nature, fractal way of being, um, and also the notion of this earth as a school. There's, there's historically been this idea that more ascended energies, energies of love would come to earth to go to school and to learn lessons at this level of density. Now that's really poignant. I actually want to sort of hang there for a little bit because density, the, the very gift of density in this world um, is also the birthplace of polarity, okay? Actually, it's not the birthplace, but it's where polarity really plays out big time. But the idea was historically that, you know, these lovely energies would come down to earth, experience the struggle of polarity, and then they would ascend again. Thank you very much. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but we're all still here. All these maybe bits, fractal bits of people who are uh, in this earth realm, and this is still source. We're all still source. Mm-hmm. So from my perspective, um, this time in the world is cleanup time. Yes, we're going we're gonna to go to a new future. We have to walk into the unknown to get there, but we still got to clean up. And there's all sorts of amazing analogies around this right now because we're recognizing that this earth is not someone where you can just throw garbage away and it goes away. You know, energetically, whether it's energetic and it's whether you're dealing with, you know, aspects of your own self or whether it's actually about like where do we put our plastics, it's, it's the same conversation. You don't get to throw anything away. That's right. So it's cleanup time. So I've come to know that my role <laughs> and I have no idea. Mm. I like it, you know, this is kind of like when you're going through uh, an actual birth with your kids and had you known what this is going to be like it may not have wanted to yeah that's kind of what this scenario was like had i known that i was going to be part of a cleanup crew (laughs) i'm not sure that i would have gone for this one but um i'm part of the cleanup crew which means that i have to slip down through all the constructs and i have to be here in the world and in order to do this i've had to understand from a source perspective, the value and the beauty of duality and polarity. I've had to, had to understand the why of it because you need to understand it from that place to be able to clean it up down here. If you don't understand it from here, down here, it's just not a good thing. You know, uh, for a long, uh, people are doing a lot more shadow work now since 2012, a lot more shadow work. Yes. Prior to that, it was a lot of of, you know, love and light, um, you know, in my experience and the reason I'm doing this work is because love and light is well established. It's embodied here. And that's amazing. It, but love of its own accord doesn't need to do anything. And so love and an environment that is also embodied um, with other aspects of source that maybe aren't so great. I call it love misunderstood. And when love gets misunderstood and misunderstood and misunderstood, misunderstood, 
you have human beings acting horribly. Um, so you have within this, this dimensional realm, the whole spectrum of really, really good and really, really not good in terms of humans and their behaviors. Right. You know, in my journey and experiences, the, the vibrations of the really, really good and the really, really not good are actually kind of the same thing. When you drop down into this level of polarity, it's the same vibration, just acting itself out in opposition, right? Ultimately, what's sustainable is the middle. Right, right. And so because we're in 2020 and a lot of people are talking about shadow work, talking about the polarities, talking about the collective conscious, the uh, divine female versus the divine male, uh, one question that I can put to you is, how do you move more fluidly through this time? What, what, what else can we expect? <laughs> what else can we expect? <laughs> so, okay, well, let me, um, I, you know, again, I, for me, is there a way of moving fluidly through this? I have a hard time with prescribing anything um, because we're all doing what we are. And because there are so many masters embodying this earth right now, because it's so condensed, because all of the belief systems are right here, um, there's very little room to navigate fluidly. You're, sim you know, you're, you're having to adjust to whatever's coming into your field. Now, I'm saying this from my perspective. There's certainly people that I know who have found these like wonderful sort of spaces to be in. But for the most part, I've witnessed people really in a lot of turbulence. And a lot of spiritual communities really having to let go of a lot of their ideas about how their spiritual practice uh, was going to work and where it was going to take them. A lot of uh, belief systems are, are crumbling. As, as is the political arena, as is the financial oh. world, as is the school systems, as is we can keep going, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but what, I, what I'll do is maybe double back to the idea of, of polarity and the way that I see that. Um, just because it's one of the ways that I can uh, do my, understand my work and I, I have to, I don't say do my work because I'm not the one doing it. I'm, I am, you know, a, a conduit basically. Yeah. Um, so in my remembrance and, and I, and I'm taken back uh, through consciousness. So you can, you can travel back through consciousness and I've been taken back through consciousness. Um, and sh a story has been shared with me. A story from source has been shared with me or a story. I'm going to say a story from spirit has been shared with me about source, let's go with that. Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, that original consciousness that is love uh, wanted to know itself. Because when you are one, there's, no, there's nothing else to perceive you. And, and so it's split, right? And that first split is the beginning of duality, right? And from that, it splits and splits and splits. So this is love wanting to know itself, which means that now you have love um, as attributes. So descriptors of love, 
but every descriptor of love, specifically when you when you drop down into our density, has an opposite. So if if, if being love is means loyalty to you, then there's also disloyalty, right? And these are not intended as as punishments. It's simply a way of understanding oneself because you can't have, for example, you, how do you know what trust is if there isn't a lack of trust to know it by? And so we've come to be, I mean, this is quite an honor to be able to be embodied in the world and have experience that is colorful and interesting and marked by difference and the reason we can have that is because we've had to travel through polarity. We've had to know what is not love. We've had to know what is not trust. And we've had to know these things in the extreme as well. But when it's not in the extreme, my God, is it beautiful. My God, is it beautiful to be able to be embodied and to know you, Sal, as different from me, right? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I, and, and, and one of the things that I think that is really, really important to share at this time also is if you're looking at something which doesn't seem right to you, or you're questioning it because you're seeing the shadow by you putting the light on it and going beyond what you see, beyond what your mind is telling you, you have the ability to see it as one. Only when you go beyond what you're thinking it to be, seeing it as is, or hearing what you're hearing, if you go beyond that, beyond that lies the full um, uh, oneness of whatever that is. So the duality does serve a purpose, and it isn't a negative, just like the shadows are not negative and that no one is 100% divine male or divine female. <laughs> it is oneness. So that's, a, that's a, beautiful, a beautiful place to be. And the only way you get to see that, the only way you get to see that is when you take yourself out of the picture. Take yourself out. Look at the complete whole and you'll see and your sense, and you'll feel beyond what you see. Right? Spoken like a woman who's been there. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a beautiful conversation. What can I say, right? Um, now, do you feel that we're living in a very unique time? And if so, how do we, how do we, how do we dance with this? Mm. What are some tools that you can give to someone that's listening at, you know, and I know yours came all in one big truck that backed up and said, here you go, Rain. But <laughs> um, Okay, well, so. Tools, just any simple well, tools. Tools, you know, if, if I had them, I would use them. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm on this, I'm on this ride, right? Um, hmm. One we discussed was step out of it, take yourself out of it. That's uh, a great place, right? Yeah, I think for me, yes. So I definitely uh, stepped out. I was shown 
um, a, a motivation from from a certain perspective uh, about where we were going to and and why um, and and basically sort of by the way it's all the same themes it's about it's about being sustainable as we go forward as humanity I was just sort of circling back to what I was saying um, to be pure love in this environment is beautiful but if all of us not all of us all unity is unsustainable on its own as well right so you need in this density to basically be a mutt <laughs> we need to do to be a mixture of all that we are and be sustainable and be decent yes yeah so unfortunately we're in a world where um if a person who is pure love comes up against a person who is uh exhibiting very unattractive source attributes um and i say source at attributes I think maybe some people will have a hard time with that if they don't recognize source as all potential. Um, and I sort of do want to back up. Like there is a, there's a place in my understanding where source says that does not represent me, you know? So if a, a pure love being who's empathic and lovely bump up, bump up against a person who is not that. And that pure love being says, listen, I love you and I empathize with you and I can feel you and I see you. And that other person, you know, wants your wallet and has a gun. Love doesn't win in that scenario. And that's kind of a harsh statement to make, but love doesn't win. And so there's a different way of moving to the future so that it's sustainable. And part of that is really understanding polarity. So my work has been to travel all those dark alleys to, to, to go through the back door of the person who would do something awful to another person and to try to, re-understand and restory that aspect from that place. Um, this is not a mental journey. This is something where my, my, my being is taken to and I'm in a whole lot of discomfort generally because I don't understand the place. Right. But because I have a certain geometry to my, my being, it sort of always finds its way back. Like, irregardless, as you said, irregardless of my head and my current thoughts and whatever, my body's greater intelligence and its connection to this greater system finds its way back. And so it's like basically taking all those shards, those fractalized bits of, of, of source that are lost in people who are lost and kind of finding a way to put that back together, to restore it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot, of, a lot of what I've done is working from the back, working from the background, working from the shadow forward. Uh, and I can say that I'm so grateful to those who are holding the love and the light and holding it beautifully. Um, and also a huge nod out to me, to people in this world who are just being people and who are sustainable and good. Uh, I don't hold to a belief that everyone needs to wake up. I, uh, I see it as very functional that some are awake and some are not. Uh, when you take the analogy of the body, uh, the body of God, so your own body, Sal, yes. do you want to be aware of your fingernails growing? Do you want to be aware of your digestive system at work? I mean, I like the notion that within our massive collective, there needs to be, based on polarity, 
those of us who are awakening and those of us who are not, right? There needs to be that dance. And I eschew the notion that if you're not awake, I need to make you awake. Oh, 100%. And there it goes. <laughs> There's the free will and choice, right? Right. Yeah. Free will and choice. You, you cannot step over bounds. What you have and what you feel is so sacred and so precious and so beautiful. Yes, you do. Of course, it's in your nature to want to share that. It's in your nature to say, hey, I want you to feel and see and sense everything that I, I have. But at the same time, you're, you're stepping over bounds because everyone has free will and choice, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and also, I think maybe I'll swap out the word awake for just being. Um, quite honestly, I crave to just be again. For me, that means that I've done my job. And the, the energy of pulled apart, yeah. you know, that energy being pulled apart energetically, that's where the magic happens. I mean, that's where you, you have all the abilities and the intuitions and the clairvoyance and blah, 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 blah. but which is an interesting interim state but my personal reference point is, is here when i'm here it means i've done my work and that may not look awake but i hope to hell at the end of this what it looks like is a good life and 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 that is that is exactly what we're all working toward <laughs> yeah um well we're coming uh close to the end here. Um, uh, I know that you had said that you're a gatherer of people and have formed community wherever you've gone. Um, would you like to share something in regards to that? Mm, I would. I'd say that um, after 2012, that actually became a very difficult feat. Mm. Uh, had to see people it was almost like Noah's Ark it was literally I'd see people in singles or in pairs <laughs> it became difficult to gather people together because my work was always in themes mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so pulling together different themes didn't always work um, but you know I think this is a lovely sort of question to end on because what I do recognize and this is becoming more powerful palpable now is that the community that I'm working on and the community that I'm gathering is one called humanity and it's on a it's on a pretty large scale and I uh, in my deepest heart of hearts um, want to see just a a world that's beautiful like we're here it already is beautiful that's right and, uh, yeah, I guess it doesn't need to be spectacular for me. We're here. It is spectacular. Yeah, but I guess what I mean by that is we all don't need to go around, you know, levitating and, and whatever. <laughs> no, you don't. That's right. Just be. Embrace what's coming. Embrace every moment. Savor it. Isn't that beautiful? Well, thank you so, so much, Rain. Now, we have some people that may be interested in reaching out to you. Would you like to, do you have an offering for, 
for the individuals listening. If they want to reach out, how can they get a hold of you? Sure. So, um, yeah, they can reach me at rainforbes.com. I'd say that a lot of the work that I do right now um, is called embodiment. So people who are feeling a bit fractured in their being, uh, because I've done all the shadow work, uh, and, I'm, and I mean that from, like, I've done so much of the shadow work going back quite a ways that I can hold people where maybe they can't be uh, by others. Um, I'm able to restory stories that along themes that um, are able to help a person feel more, uh, more whole and complete. And yeah, so that's, that's the work I do and I'm happy to offer it. And that's rain with the E. So rainforbes.com. Mm-hmm. And thank you so, so much. And we definitely will have you back again. And on that note, thank you very much for listening. And I'm Solyndran Buller, your host of Uplifting Humans, where we honor, empower, educate, and inspire the listener. Please go to upliftinghumans.com to listen to other episodes. We are also on YouTube. You can go ahead and uh, search for upliftinghumans.com on YouTube as well. Until next time, thank you and have a wonderful day.